1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: mobilecom You know, recently we had the news, you know, the test scores nationally really and here in Connecticut are down and our kids are struggling academically. And we know the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And, What are we going to do about it? Kate Diaz, uh, president of CEA, of course, the Connecticut um, Education Association. Kate, good morning. How are you? It's been a while.
1: Good morning. Um, You know, doing okay.
0: (laughs) So this is no surprise, though, to you, right?
1: Oh, gosh, no. I mean, unfortunately, uh, we would have predicted as educators that those scores would kind of look that way. Um, the least surprising to me, I, I'm i a high school math teacher. The least surprising thing to me was the, the loss in the, in the math scores, um, primarily because math was really, really difficult to teach in a virtual or even a dual instruction model. We know that our students really had a hard time engaging with the work, focusing on the skill sets they needed to master. And we knew that coming back into school was going to take us a little bit of time to pull the kids back in kind of get them uh, kind of working in a pattern that's going to lead to their greatest success, um, which isn't really online. So we knew that this was going to be reflected in those test scores.
0: So is this that that type of thing where now things are more normalized, it'll work itself out naturally, or do we have to do something?
1: Well, I think that Um, Yes, it will work itself out. I think, though, the way it works itself out is with our teachers. You know, they're spending a lot of time looking at where their kids are coming back into the classroom, thinking about, okay, how do I move them forward? How do I make sure that they've mastered skill sets? You know, in mathematics, we do a lot of what we call spiraling, where we'll go back to a skill set that they need as we teach them a new one. And what we're seeing is that teachers are really having to be intentional and thoughtful and creative about bringing back the skill sets that may not have been fully mastered during sort of the height of the pandemic and and working with kids to recapture those skills so they can move them forward. Um, But it takes a little bit of time to do that. And I think um, we have a couple battles. I mean, I think we have kids who are struggling coming back into school. They have sort of the issues they're bringing back with the pandemic. We know mental health issues were really significant last year. So we need to meet the kids where they're at and help kind of move them forward. But like everywhere else in the country, you know, in every, every other industry, it's taking time to kind of get back to the familiar. And that's what we're in the process of doing. And I'm confident, you know, one of the things that I feel confident about is the quality of our educators in the state and the discussions they're having and the intentionality around how do we support our students during this recovery period so that we can feel really confident about their ability to move forward.
0: We're talking with Kate Diaz, uh, president of CEA here in Bryan & Company and WTSC News Talk 1080. Is there a breakdown of demographics? I mean, is this been, uh, you know, is it underserved or, the you know, urban populations harder hit here or is it across the board?
1: So I think there were across the board losses, but we absolutely had greater losses in our urban areas or our financially distressed communities. The students that were harder to engage during the pandemic you know, we had incredibly high chronic absenteeism rates during the pandemic, and that, you know, you, in the end, you can't teach students that aren't there. So wherever there was high levels of chronic absenteeism, we're going to see higher levels um, of kind of underperformance. And what we're really trying to do is we're getting those kids back into school is really enter in that process of recovering some of those skills, kind of getting back on track. But the other thing that really is impactful is when you have high absenteeism, you have students who are out of the habit of learning Um, and learning itself is a practice, it's something we have to rehearse, we have to do with the kids, we have to remind them about, you know, what is it, how do you learn a skill? How do you um, go back and become a problem solver? And how do you do uh, work collaboratively? And all of the things that are really not paper and pencil skills, but are really about the process of learning. And that, you know, we have a lot of students who kind of lost track of those skill sets, got really into kind of a digital world, and we need to bring them back into the world of people.
0: You know my skill set in terms of being broad-based is shot. I mean, I, I my kids ask I can't even help with word problems anymore. I mean, my I just I'm useless, but <laughs> I, we also, you know I'm I since I'm not in the education realm on a daily basis, are, 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 is the bar high enough for our kids? are we are, have we raised the bar of expectations enough? I mean, it's a generalization, but I mean, are we are we taking it too easy on them?
1: So I have actually think that that's not the case at all. I think the, the content and the rigor is appropriate. Actually, I think in some cases, like when I think about what we're asking of kindergartners, I think we've actually kind of overshot the mark, hmm. um, trying to be a little bit too aggressive. Um, we've stopped valuing some of the non, like non test based skill sets and we're really having conversations about, um, you know some of these social skills that kids learn in play and learn to navigate are really being lost and we need to bring those things back because the academic piece is only a part of the puzzle of learning um what we know is that we live in a society where information is readily at the tips of the fingertips of our students right, right. they can just zip on um so it's not as much about content as it is about how do you manage that information hmm. um as a math teacher we obviously have skills But in the end, it's how are you translating those skills into some meaningful problem-solving activity. So I don't think that the bar is too low. I just think it takes time to come back from going in this kind of period of isolation where you were really, it was you and your computer, and getting back into this idea like, okay, that's not reality, though. You know, in reality, you have to work with other people. You have to figure things out. You have to navigate the world of people. and. When you're trying to do content and okay wait, let's get back into the habit of working together um, there's there's some challenges to that, and so I don't think the bar is too low. I think we have really solid curriculum. The state of Connecticut consistently out you know outperforms other uh, parts of the country in terms of our student preparedness, our student ability, um, our student readiness to go on to college or into the workforce. so I think our our benchmarks are fine. Okay. I think what we're seeing right now is is the pandemic gap, right? The idea that we had this really significant period of disruption, and we now have to kind of capture what was lost and move our students forward
0: from where they are today. Hey, just real quick, uh, you know, the, you had to put out a statement on the swatting incidents. Was this more of a case of just like all the PDs were at the funerals in Bristol and kids tried to t- take advantage, or has this been a problem that was ramping up before that?
1: So I'll be honest with you, we have, we don't really have that issue okay. that often. And it was pretty traumatic for the students and the teachers that were involved uh, because the districts that had these incidents had to respond as if they were active shooters in the building. Jeez. So you literally had police um, walking into classrooms, guns drawn. And it's not a common occurrence. Um, we're th- really hoping that it was a reaction and sort of, you know, I could never guess what the motivation would be because... To be honest with you that just terrorized a whole bunch of schools a lot of students and teachers my niece was in a school that had um was impacted um she is 31 years old and a a special education teacher and was really uh, impacted by the fact that Mm. she's sitting in a classroom and a police officer comes in guns drawn and you know so I hope that's the last time we ever hear of that. I seriously hope they track down the individuals who called in the incidents um, and address whatever their motivation was, because those are terrifying, yeah, terrifying can't things imagine. that happen in schools. Yeah.
0: Hey, Kate, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it, as always.
1: Oh, no problem. My pleasure. You guys take care.
0: You too. KTS president of CEA here in Bryan & Company.